Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast on spiritual direction and spiritual companionship. I'm Anne Lancaster. Thank you for listening. Learn more about our work and the work of spiritual direction and spiritual companionship on our website, sdicompanions.org. In this week's episode, SDI's Reverend Seifu and Matt Whitney discuss what it means to belong to the SDI community, particularly when things get challenging. In our ongoing SDI community dialogue around diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, and belonging, we'd like to focus more intensively on the belonging part. SDI has envisioned our community as a public square of spiritual companionship in which we gather as spiritual directors and companions from an array of faith traditions and spiritual orientations. Though sometimes this process can be messy and uncomfortable, SDI will always be a place for anyone who shares our passion and commitment to our common calling. So let's have a conversation about uh, DEIJ. And we have been, we just had our conference uh, almost two months ago. Uh, We did a workshop around DEIJ. We we had, you know, several conversations and we've received a lot of feedback from our members around this conference. Some of it a little bit uncomfortable. People wondering, you know, just where they fit into this organization. And so uh, we thought it would be a good idea to have a conversation with you, Reverend Seifu, around uh, just kind of the vibes of people, how people are feeling uh, yeah. about the state of SDI these days. Sounds good to me. Okay? Yeah. Awesome. So let's see. Let's just start with the sense of uh, belonging. So some of the feedback we received, you know, in light of conference conversation is, do I still belong? at SDI? Is there still a place for me here? And it's an open question for, for several of our members. And so how would you respond to somebody who is asking that question of themselves? So I always think, think of things as not mutually exclusive. Right? Yes, you belong here, if you want to belong here. And sometimes that means growing into your discomfort, growing into your learning edge, right? Not your leading edge, but your learning edge. And living into questions, we've had this conversation many times, living into questions rather than living into answers. So, SDI is a place that welcomes people of all faith traditions and no faith traditions and spiritual orientations. However you phrase your commitment to God, the beyond, the universe, Allah, Tao, Brahman, whatever, however you or if you don't use any of those and you just call it the wind or your higher power, the ground of all being, everyone is welcome. We have rules of engagement, obviously, because every public square needs rules of engagement, which is civil discourse, respectful of differences, willing to engage, but not insult, not offend, at least not deliberately or maliciously. It's, It's one thing to make an error and learn from it and rectify, but it's another thing altogether to to be deliberately offensive. So those are just some example of rules of the rules of engagement. But with all that said, a lot of the topics around privilege and race and diversity, equity, inclusion, justice and belonging are difficult, 
are difficult when the rubber meets the road, when you move away from just speaking in generalities and, and get into the nitty gritty of what that means. These can be hard conversations and feelings can be hurt and wounds can surface and wounds can surface in all sorts of unexpected ways. And I think that's been happening as much in this organization as it is in every other organization in the world at large right now. You hit on the metaphor of the public square and using, using this for years now to describe you know, what, it, what it means to come together as a diverse community of practitioners. You know, we, we're unified around our calling as spiritual companions, but the ways in which we, we do that work or the ways in which we feel called can be weird. And, you know, sticking with that metaphor, you know, the public square, it's noisy. Uh, there's lots going on. You know, everyone's kind of at their own table trying to get your attention. It's messy, it's smelly, you know, it's, yeah. it's all of that. And I feel like you've been warning us that of that aspect of it for a while, not to be afraid of it, you know, necessarily, but to examine it. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I always refer to SDI as a community of deep water swimmers. And it's what happens when you get into deeper waters out of the safety of the shore, out of the, the safety of splish splash territory into a territory where you can drown and so you have to be a lot more careful and this is really an invitation for everybody to jump into the deep end of the pool or the deep end of the ocean or whatever whatever it is and you can't really do that unless you're properly equipped right unless you know how to swim or unless you've got a life vest or a boat standing by or others who are supportive who can pick you up if you start to flail if you start to have difficulties so We've entered territory where we've peeled enough layers of the onion back that things are starting to get sticky and difficult. Mm. And that's a reconsideration because it's, it's fine for all of us to get together and feel good about each other. There's nothing wrong with that. Certainly that's a nice thing to be able to be in a community of like-minded practitioners. But we're also tackling, we've gone beyond that into more difficult territory. And the public square is the same thing. It's, it's, it's now, let's not just tolerate each other's presence, but let's actively engage with each other in all of our differences and opinions and perspectives, some of them very deeply held. And I don't want to say unshakable, but more difficult to shake than others. And that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's where you start to have the potential for greater tension. And I don't want to overstate that. I mean, I think, I think there is, constructive engagement that can be ethical, pronounced, and determined, and yet not discordant or unpleasant or worse. So let's just cut to the quick with some of that discomfort. So during the all-day DEIJ workshop, uh, one of the presenters at Iowa Tunde spoke to spiritual rot, the core of an organization. Yeah. So my question is two-part. One, how did you interpret her use of that phrase? And two, there were some responses to that that were definitely made people very uncomfortable. Yeah. And so how would you, 
How would you respond to somebody who maybe felt like that critique was a little too biting or a little too close to home? Well, I, I mean, I think we all have, you know, Aya has the right to express herself in the way that she sees as appropriate, and everyone who responds to her has the right to respond in the way that, that each of us thinks is appropriate, too. So I'm, I'm not here to interpret or qualify or defend or attack Aya, but I will say that I, what I think she was pointing to was something that she thought this organization should pay attention to. And, you know, these are things around embedded privilege. I think we all have agency. I think one of the things that we espouse at SDI is respecting everybody's agency. So when we are as spiritual companions, spiritual directors, with our companion ease or directees, we respect their agency and their own need to come up with the solutions that are right for them, for each of them. And so I, I guess what I'm saying in response is that everybody has the right to figure out their response to someone calling attention to some systemic, I don't even want to call it a disorder, but some, something that they think should be noticed about the, the community as a well. whole. Are there certain assumptions behind it that need to be looked at? And then that's a decision that each member needs to make, that each participant in the public square needs to make is, am I ready to look at this? Am I ready to tackle this? Do I want to walk away? Do I want to look away? Do I want to look away and come back after I've had an opportunity to process, right? Everybody has a different processing style and everybody brings different assumptions and different baggage to a conversation. So my role as the executive director is to try to make as much space for diverse viewpoints as possible without falling into an unsustainable situation. And that's really what I, I think uh, engagement with the uh, first word of the DEIJ equation is, is, is allowing multiple viewpoints, even when those are in tension with one another. And to model a way to have conversations about very strong differences of opinion sometimes, and very different assumptions about how things should be framed or not framed in a way that's constructive. I'll just add that that's not immediately visible, that some things need to linger and we need to discern on them longer, right? I mean, if somebody says, you know, Matt, I know what's wrong with you. This is what's wrong with you. Even if I were 100% right, your initial response would be a struggle, right? You would either counter what you perceive as an attack or you would walk away or you would dismiss but if it was asked in the right way, in a gentle way, in a subtle way, or an appropriate way for you, then it might, you might come back and say, that's interesting, I'm gonna to have to think about it. Or maybe, or yes, but I need to explore it more, right? So certain conversations just need longer time to ferment and for us to process that, particularly if they touch at core things in our being, in our psyche that require us to do a lot more processing, like wounds or, or baggage that we've been carrying for a long time. Yeah. How do those wounds, how would I recognize them, right? So I can either respond, say I have thoughts of, wow, I feel bad to learn that those critiques are true, yeah. or how dare you talk about me that way, yeah. and I become defensive, Yes. right? What, what should someone do who, who, is, who is sitting with those responses? Well, so again, I don't, I can't answer that question for each person. I, I, all I can say is that 
being as self-aware as possible is good and you know entertaining the possibility that we're not right about certain things and also calling attention when we know something to be wrong you know say you've called me on something that i know is factually inaccurate and you've kind of run away to a conclusion with it then i might hopefully without losing my temper or hopefully without losing my cool saying no that's not correct and here's my counter but at the same time, if there's some truth to what you are saying, then I will have to say, I'm ready to engage with this. Let's talk, let's peel some layers together right now. Or I'm not ready to have this conversation. I hear what you're saying, but I need time to process it. And so different people are going to have different responses. Now, what's helpful is when you're in a group of people, is you have multiple viewpoints and usually you have viewpoints that coalesce on some kind of spectrum and that kind of gives you pointers of where the conversation wants to go and what should be explored it's like well in my tradition i've been taught x are you willing to go a little further than that are you willing to explore how do you feel about interfaith dialogue how do you feel about interspiritual engagement are, are you ready for that does your tradition and your perception of it allow for that those are some of the questions that I think everyone needs to ask themselves. Yeah. I think what you're offering is a very spiritual companionship posture, yeah. which is you're not going to tell someone how to process or how to feel what they're feeling, yeah. but you're going to be present to it. Yes, a presence is certainly one way. I mean, there's also, you know, the balancing of our common humanity. If I said something that's triggered you, even though that wasn't my intention, and I see you jump out of your seat in pain, my instinct is going to want to say, hey, what's going on? Why did this hit you so hard? And then if you start yelling at me because you're so caught in whatever triggered you, then I might back off and say, okay, you know, we're not ready to have this conversation. Let's have it some, some other time. And that's not dismissing. I'm just saying clearly there's a processing dimension here that needs to, to materialize first. But I would be concerned about you, and so th that's what I'm saying. Is sometimes the the truth the truth of something is very apparent to us, but if we deliver it as here's the truth, most of the times it's not going to be well received. Most of the times it's going to make people fall back on their heels into a defensive posture, and so you need to introduce it in a way that's you know it's usually habit and repetition, habit and repetition. How many times have you heard this concept? Are you familiar with this concept? Do you understand it? What does it mean to be a diverse public square at STI? What does it mean to have people from different faith traditions that differ from yours, that have different starting assumptions, assumptions that you might want to challenge? And you can challenge, but you have to do it in a respectful way. And how, how does that happen? Well, practice makes perfect. You can just keep, you do it and do it. It's, it's kind of how we learn, right? We just read that chapter over and over until we've internalized it. We read that tenet or that vow over and over until it actually makes sense to us as opposed to just being a series of words put together. Right? So the same thing happens with things, particularly when we don't know something. And you know, you get all sorts of things like self-worth and am I an inadequate learner? And uh, is there something wrong with me? And rather than recognizing that everybody has a different learning style and, and processes things in a different way. And all of those are acceptable, but and they need to be recognized and acknowledged. You get one size doesn't fit all.
If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org.